0: You're listening to the Fit Mind, Fit Body podcast, where we explore the connection between exercise and positive mental health. And our big mission is to help 10,000 women develop fitter minds and bodies in the next two years. I'm your host, Michelle Frost. Let's get moving. Welcome to episode 21 of the Fit Mind Fit Body podcast. Today, we talk to John Claridge. In this episode, John shares what it's like to run and live with chronic fatigue. Enjoy. Well, today we have a very special guest and a good friend of mine for many years. John O'Claridge, welcome to the podcast. It's so good to have you here. Thanks, Michelle. Pleasure. So not everybody listening to this may know you, though. Most people in Tassie in the running community probably have a good idea who you are. However, uh, not everybody who listens to this podcast lives in Tasmania. I know it's a shock, but it's true. So give us a little bit of background. Like, who is Jono? Like, where did you grow up here? You know, what kind of stuff? Tell us what you want to tell us about you as maybe the non-running part of you.
1: And I'm running part of me. Oh, well, I'm born and bred Tasmanian. I don't know whether that's a good or bad thing sometimes. I, don't think, I think it's bad. good. I think yeah. it's good. It is good. Uh, yeah, spent most of my life here. Lived uh, early childhood in Melbourne for a bit, where my sister was born. Uh, moved back to Tassie. Uh, I've lived in Spain personally for seven months and sailed all around the world. I had a life as a sailor before a runner.
0: Wow. Uh, yeah,
1: so that's pretty much me. 40 years, mostly in Tasmania.
0: Mostly. Yeah. Wow. So what kind of work do you do?
1: Uh, currently, I'm retail manager for Outdoor Trail Running Shop. Um, find Your
0: Feet, that one. That's So, one. <laughs> <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, I can see uh, the sort of logo and things for Find Your Feet behind Jono, <laughs> which is really kind yeah. of cool. <laughs> yeah. So running has been a big part of your life. For how long, would you say? Uh,
1: I mean I always ran as a kid at school and enjoyed it um and I probably did all right at it uh but I didn't do the traditional go through athletics and you know work my way up I didn't really start running running until I was in my 20s so I was a lot later than most people um I just did it because I could at school uh whereas yeah um later on in life it became a passion which was combining two worlds um previously I'd been a sailor as I mentioned and at a Fairly high level, and then there's this uh, amazing race that used to occur in Tasmania. It doesn't yeah. anymore, called the Three Peaks Race. And I grew up watching that. It ran for 25 years, and spent every Easter watching the start. And always thought, oh, I want to do that. And then being a sailor, and then getting into running, well, it was a natural progression to do, <laughs> do the race. And uh, my first marathon was in the middle of an ultra in the Three Peaks Race. So.
0: Oh wow! I did not know. Never that. done one
1: before. That.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. So, for those who don't know, the uninitiated, um, what did the three pe- three peaks race entail? Like, what was it? What kind of race? It was kind of
1: race so was it? total. It was an adventure race, obviously. Um, 330 nautical miles of sailing around Tasmania from the north to the south, mm-hmm. uh, and so six people on board the boat, two runners and four sailors, and it had 135 kilometres of running in three days.
0: Um, And and so was that running like flat running? Uh,
1: No. (laughs) They throw hence the peak's name, three mountains in there.
0: Oh, there were mountains.
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh, Mount Straslake on Flinders Island, just off the northeast of Tassie. And then we ran to, sailed to the east coast and ran over Mount Graham, Mount Frascheneau. Technically there's four, I suppose. And then we sailed Hobart uh, down south and run up and down Mount Wellington to finish off
0: wow and on average how long did that entire event take
1: really quick boats just over three days on a good run um and up to about five i think for the long ones so the average was about four four and a bit
0: and so that was actually the first time you'd run you know over like 42k or 42k yeah. or over
1: yeah i've done a half marathon with launceston running club yeah. or lac as it was there
0: yeah
1: uh, i done a couple of them and a couple of longer training runs but never a marathon and
0: then I did a 65k run as my first one. <laughs> so, well, that's an interesting sort of concept to think of. You know, that jump when people jump from even say a 5k to a half marathon, like what's going through your head? Obviously, you know, you have this little goal to go do it, but do you worry about things like have I trained enough? Have I done? Can you remember what you were thinking? Oh, like, yeah. If yeah, yeah. suddenly <laughs> like, this was a good idea while I was sitting on the couch or while I was just going for a little jog training, but now I'm actually here. Oh, my gosh. What have I done? Is that, what kind of things were going through your head? Uh,
1: yeah, I, I do know exactly what went through my head, which is really odd that I do 20 <laughs> years later. But uh, the for me, it was a bit of background. So it's a little bit connected to what we'll probably talk about a bit later. But I had been on a disability pension for four years previous to this. Mm-hmm. And obviously a lot of that was mental when I'd been a um, statewide football player for AFL in Tassie as well. And all that stopped with, with um chronic fatigue and osteoarthritis that I had and I'd been coming back from it and I just running was the thing that got me out of it and mentally made huge differences Um, and so working with the psychologist and stuff and then moving forward I wanted to prove that I was back into a place where I I should be in society or fitted in you know I, I knew I was fit enough but physically internally and in my head I wasn't and so it was just this mental drive constantly to prove. That's all I was trying to do, prove that I could do it. And so I got to the, yeah, we got, we sailed over and the sailing was never an issue to me. And and we got there, at, I think it was about 3.30 in the morning and I jumped off the boat and you go mad, panic, get your bag checked and everything. And both, because you've got two runners, you've got to run together. And the guy I was running with was a really good mate of mine and a younger bloke. And I've done a bit of training with him, Chris Hills. And <laughs> I knew I was just going to try and keep up with Chris. That's all I had to do. <laughs> and, um, yeah, we started off and I sort of hit that half marathon mark and went, yep, this is further than I've run before. <laughs> and I knew I still had, what, 40-odd K to go and the, mar- and the mountain in the middle of it. But, wow, yeah, we, we had a great run. So
0: Having, like, walked up that mountain recently this year, uh, that's no uh, mean feat, really. <laughs> <laughs> that is crazy. Yeah. yeah so you just mentioned interesting something I did not know about you and as I said to people you know we've known each other for many years um you had chronic fatigue tell us a little bit about that because that's really interesting
1: um technically I suppose it never goes depending on what yeah what type you've got because there's many variants out there um yeah I so going back I represent Australia in when was that way back 80, 91, i trying to remember, Yes, 91 sailing, yeah, uh, world championship sailing in, in Holland, and, and in the lead up to that, we were doing Olympic training sessions, I did um, one in Western Australia for two weeks, and then about four weeks later, we, we were back in Tassie, but we had a, another Olympic session for two weeks worth of training block in Hobart in uh, July.
0: Yeah, so you're pushing, pushing, working hard. And it was pretty cold. It was snow <laughs> on the
1: mountain. And wow. yeah, we weren't spending a lot of time out in the water. But because of the heat difference between WA and, and Tassie and the two weeks on the water, I obviously suppressed my immune system quite a bit. I was only mm. 11, going on 12 at the time. And being a kid, you didn't think of those things. And we just pushed through. And I got quite sick, got a cold, got quite sick before I went to Worlds. Um, didn't think much of it. And then I was just really flat and sick out the back Mm. of it. It took me forever to take this cold. And long story short, when I got to 18 and I was falling asleep at work continuously and I'd been to the doctor, we worked out it had been glandular fever and I'd never gotten rid of it properly. Um, Wow. Glands are an issue. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, that was the main issue. I used to fall asleep at um, college as well. I still got through all the work and mentally Mm. it was fine, but I just yeah fell asleep in class he's getting the to wake me up okay have time to go <laughs> All right, sorry mate <laughs> it was pretty funny um looking back on it now yeah and then yeah I was working for a, a dear friend um Kangoolay who sells uh, has around the world set the mm-hmm. healthy Australian record at the moment mm-hmm. working in his uh, carpet store and I still remember the day dad and the specialist walked through the door and said you're coming home it's the end of that i went, what do you mean he goes we're Got something to tell you. Got the test results, and I slept for four days straight. Dad woke me up for about an hour and a half, two on two days, to feed, and went back to sleep again. It was six months, um, pretty much house bound, um, bedridden, yeah. before I could spend you know a couple of hours out with dad, and then I was trashed again. And had to go back home. Mm. Yeah, so it was a big change from you know playing football and everything. You
0: sound like you're pretty, you've always been pretty driven, like physically driven to do things, not just, you know, you've obviously competed at high levels in in sailing and, and I know running now as well. So um, that being driven, that must have been very difficult to suddenly have to be still, even like your body was making you anyway, but that what that's doing with your head, because that sort of ties into the identity stuff we often talk about in this podcast.
1: Yeah, absolutely i mean my grandfather the big impression on the life, both of them really but but mum's side of the family he um you know he always he always had lots of little mantras and one of them was if the job's worth doing it's worth doing well hmm. you know, so it, i approach that with everything i do in life if i, I everything i try and do and if i don't do it well i kick myself yeah Might sound a bit angry to everyone else but it's actually me kicking myself in the background so you're your
0: own worst critic as well oh, for of. sure
1: yeah I kick yeah. myself constantly and i get you know at that that leads to a little bit of depression and, and self-doubt quite regularly. Um, but that was that was the toughest thing. In us. When, when I realised that there was something wrong and I accepted that that was what was wrong, it took me a while to do that. But that was so tough, just lame. And I had so many people say, because at the time chronic fatigue was a real unknown. The only example of it we had in the limelight was Alistair Lynch, the footballer. And, and that was fine, except,
0: we lost you for a second don't know hopefully you'll be back in a tick <laughs> a little pause a drop off yep there you're back yeah.
1: again yeah yeah here okay. we go sorry you go.
0: you're back so you were saying um that it was at alistair lynch he was the only example in the community that had chronic yeah. fatigue at that yeah, time yeah.
1: Absolutely. He, uh, he's a uh, medicine-based um, chronic fatigue. Uh, mine was dietary, oh, not dietary-based. They tried to figure that out as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it ended up being a physical-based, and they don't know what creates it. So th- the best analogy is it's like an elite athlete where they have their peaks and their drop-offs and their peaks mm-hmm. and drop-offs. My drop-off continues. doesn't mm. stop.
0: Just uh, keeps think, like going off a cliff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think, I'm, I think
1: I've think i worked it out now enough to balance it. I don't yeah. know what can bring me back. Um, but yeah at the time it just did my head in laying in bed and everyone's telling you it's a mental issue and you're trying to go oh, I can't be <laughs> I know I want to get up <laughs> I'm trying to get up but I can't yeah you just I, the, heart, the easiest way to describe it for me is when you've had that really long hard day where you've gone and done something you just sit down and you feel like you're melting a bit mm. exactly what it felt like but it didn't stop you just continually felt like you were melting
0: yeah
1: and it just couldn't couldn't get enough to get back up again that
0: becoming yeah. a part of the furniture or the bed or the whatever you're sitting yeah yeah moment. absolutely yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah i feel that after a hard run sometimes yeah, <laughs> I, just don't yeah I still get it i get worried that it's that not that <laughs> yeah you know just yeah. recovering from a hard run yeah. so um so that's obviously a shadow that you feel like is always around like you're mentally aware of it now and and physically aware when the symptoms yeah. are around and you how do you cope with that what do you do
1: most of the time I think I'm on top of it. Sometimes I'm yeah. not. and You know, I get a little bit short and sharp with people when Amy pulls me into gear. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, oh, yeah, okay, Whoops. I'm tired and I'm cranky. Yeah. Um, and then I realise that, you know, it's probably something underlying. And I, I am dropping off. Um, a prime example is it really hit home again two weeks ago. Um, we had, Amy and I had our, our second visor. Um, mm-hmm. jab and you know I would not have it but yeah. went and had it and Amy had the typical reaction where she was three days looking like she was hung over and felt horrible and feeling sick a bit fluid. I didn't re- yeah mm-hmm. and I didn't really have an action a reaction. I had a slight headache and it was all good but then a week after that I started to feel pretty flat and mm-hmm. then for that week it was just horrible I could get through a day normally but if I pushed it all nothing. No. Yeah. Um, and then we went to go to do the Frascati, um, 29k run. I was meant to do it. Signed up to it. We went down the night before, um, and Amy you know went for a walk around the 11k loop. I was 5k around and trying not to fall asleep, I was literally <laughs> falling asleep whilst walking. No. Yeah, and so we got back and I slept, and I thought I'll sleep on it. See so how I feel when I wake up. And I woke mm-hmm. up at 6:30. I sent a message to the event organizer and said, sorry, mate. I'm not
0: coming not happening <laughs> <We drove> home. <laughs> oh, but at least you recognize that and that uh like a lot of the stuff too that i think goes on in our head that ego thing that even when we know you know you know because you, you've lived with this condition now all of your adult life by the sound of it you know what the symptoms are and you know what's going to happen if you push and push and that is you know you'll be out for much longer than a few days or a week so you have to that has to overcome the ego you know the dropping out of a of a um an event and things like that which is which is great that you're able to do that I reckon because a lot of us find that challenging (laughs) very (laughs) challenging yeah Yeah. especially and I can only imagine those of you you I'm just an average kind of runner and but those that have that extra layer of you know being able to get a place or whatever quite regularly in those sort of events it the ego must play even more of a havoc in your mind if you're not careful i would assume
1: uh, yeah absolutely i mean Amy, partner, yeah. <laughs> a little yeah. bit with that yeah um i think i think it's sort of that drives one of the mantras that we have with our um well we're training coaching mm-hmm. it's nearly mentoring now don't yeah. do a lot of coaching anymore um yeah. put too much other stuff on <laughs> <laughs> really <laughs> but, <laughs> a little bit um <laughs> But a bit of mentoring more than anything, and I still do that regularly. But, but one of the things that I've always said when people come to me is, uh, and this goes, I think I, I like this because I feel that this is um, something that everyone should take on board, and that is that when they come to me and they ask me for advice or coaching, the first question I always ask is, are you here for the next race or all of them? Mm-hmm. And if the answer is the next race, then I'll guide them to someone else. So mm-hmm. I'm not here for that. I'm here for a lifestyle, all of the races. I want to be able to get you through them all. And, you know, if there's one aim, one, we'll try for it. But it's not the end of the world if you don't make it because there's plenty more. And that's the way I look at it now with my own running. I have to. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's a good, I really like that actually, because that that does put the ego in check a little bit too. You know, I mean, and we all have ego irrelevant, actually, if we are going to finish on the podium, that it's still that (laughs) I want to do better than I did last time or I feel like I let myself down or whatever it is. It's all those conversations we're having in our heads. So that's a really good way to to put it, I reckon. I love that. Thank you. So um, (laughs) with with your chronic fatigue, and then you were saying um, another condition as well, that you yeah, have? I've
1: got osteoarthritis, hereditary so when, from dad.
0: When do you, Thanks, dad. When did you pick that up? Like when uh, was that diagnosed? Same time. Okay. Yeah.
1: Um, I've always had clicking joints and, yeah. and pain a bit um, and never thought much of it. Um, the doctors have talked to me quite regularly that I've got a fairly high pain tolerance level and, and obviously a reason I can push through to failure.
0: Mm -hmm. which
1: is, it's great, but it's also a detriment. So that's why it's really hard for me to gauge where I'm at. I've got to keep on top of that. I probably lean the other way now and I'm trained and Amy doesn't like it. (laughs) That's the way I am. Um, But yeah, I I was diagnosed in 98 with both and we went back through medical records and and stuff from accidents I'd had previously, football and car accidents and stuff. And it's been there the whole time. So how
0: does that manifest itself in your mm-hmm. daily life
1: um so as i get older i'm gonna experience more issues with it yeah um, it hasn't been too much and i'm sure i can deal with it pretty well at the moment but but also it's just the breakdown of the joints basically um, yeah. the so within
0: the joint you know like knees and ankles and things and hips i guess we'll start to you start to yeah, feel they, them they more do. <laughs> before that well okay you already start to feel them a bit more than than some people.
1: hands ache pretty regularly and that's one of the you know it was one of those reasons up until um, three months ago i was a bass mechanic um i worked yes. with heavy machinery and and a, and a, a um, marine mechanic before that and it was a pretty big factor in deciding to change careers completely um, yeah. i needed to start to look after myself i'm 40 and it's really starting to hurt you're 40. <laughs> yeah. well i need to do it early instead of doing it later when i can't do anything
0: it was funny because you said before something about you're a late starter in your 20s <laughs> running and i was thinking i've just interviewed um a lovely lady called betty who's 77 who started when she was like 48 or something and she's you know uh, getting all these records and things yeah. <laughs> age group as well so it's quite interesting uh, it's all very relative isn't it? <laughs> it
1: it is especially when you grow up with you know the front of the field that have all done it since our final six.
0: <laughs> yeah that's that's true that is true yeah. so when you started running just going back a little bit that like mm-hmm. as um as an adult this was after you were diagnosed with these um, two disorders or whatever we call them? Um, yeah,
1: about three, three and a half years after. I'd started yeah. a little bit of running with the club about two and a bit years after I was diagnosed mm-hmm. um, and then obviously worked up to the half Marathon with the running club and enjoyed the three peaks so much. I jumped in and, yeah, so had to go with that. But.
0: Why do you think you started running versus cycling or jumping off mountains with a parachute or whatever, all the other things you could have done?
1: Uh, lots of reasons I know lots of athletes um, and I also know that you know running is the simplest form of movement at the end of the day extended from walking um, extended endurance movement Mm -hmm. I I sort of was already in that with a lot of my friends who'd done three peaks a number of times and multi-sport events and Tamer Mm -hmm. Valley Classic which is another race we used to have here Mm -hmm. I was involved in that so it was just a continuance of that but to be honest, the other main reason I never talk about this with anyone is cost.
0: Yeah, that's right. When I when I started in my uh, online business, as you know, like back in two thousand and two, yeah. I really wanted to sell things to runners because it was my passion. I could talk <laughs> about it all the time, and I wrote a book and I did all this. But runners don't spend, or at least back then, they did not spend money on anything no. apart from their shoes. <laughs> it's like yeah. that was if
1: it. they spent it on that
0: <laughs> i think i think it's changed now there's a lot more gear and there's a lot more maybe the internet and you know we've got lots of influences from everywhere i think it has changed a little bit but certainly you know back in the <laughs> 20 years ago we, they certain runners were not big on spending money
1: so. and, and that uh, <laughs> that 18 to 22 year old age brackets pretty much where you got nothing so <laughs> Running yeah. shoes, just,
0: Run is I yeah. just need a pair of shoes. And I yeah. can almost get away with a pair from Kmart, but not quite. <laughs> and
1: wore my footy boots and the jersey. And it looked what? awesome when I first started. <laughs> Hand me down to try A running top was my first ever one.
0: Wow. Oh, dropped off again just for a second. John, I'll be back. Uh, don't fear. I can see him frozen on the screen, but um, I'm sure with... Oh, there he goes. Here we go again. Yeah. <laughs> Jotto actually, I think, underneath or behind or whatever the shop, and yeah, right. probably get a little bit of interference occasionally uh, down there. Could anyway, be good now, the <laughs> Fingers crossed! I know in this wonderfully connected society that we have, dropping off, uh, internet drop-offs are very common, uh, very common even. All right, so you started running um, way back when. When you said you were a late starter and I reckon you started pretty early. <laughs> That's okay. Oh, I think you've frozen again.
1: <laughs> I, yep, there you go. That.
0: I yeah. don't know. And the funny thing was you had your tongue poked out then, so that was funny. Oh, that was good. That's good. Yeah. Look. I should have taken a screenshot. Yeah. Show everyone. Um, so I was just saying that, you know, you started running back in the 20s like when you were in your, your 20s. Yeah. Um, can can you highlight or can if you were to reflect when you're running now what's going through your mind is it different from the things that you used to think about when you were younger so you were you're still pretty competitive like I know that but you know is, is it different with the sort of things you think about you don't have to give detail or anything but yeah
1: yeah yeah no it's very different um I mean back then it was it was trying to prove that I was I was as good as anyone else in the field and, and I yeah. could compete and learning. I mean, there was a massive learning process going on when I was younger. Yeah. Um, however, now, um, yeah, it's about enjoying the yeah. experience.
0: Yeah. yeah. So uh, before you uh, were you feel like you were always thinking, well, that bloke up there is ahead of me and I need to do something to get in front, you know, or, you know, it was always that kind of outwardly, yeah, yeah, kind of thing that makes
1: sense and now. Now it's a uh, it is an inward and what I'm experiencing within my run, um, uh, you know, fitness level always dictates how well I'm going to perform, <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> whether true. I'm trained or not, yeah. Um, so or how much pain I'm going to go through, whether it's really going to hurt or not, yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I, and that's probably why I've always been a trail runner in heart. I love road running as well because I love the speed, but. To be honest, it's trail running for that reason, because it's that outward that, that becomes it. You get mm. that um, that feeling of, you know, being in nature and, and being in touch and immersing yourself in the environment, which mm. you just don't get normally.
0: Yeah. So in the trails, you're talking about like getting, I mean, I know we, the kind of places you guys go, you don't just go have a run down the beach or, you know, some people have trails because they're in their park, in their suburb, but, but your runs are kind of a bit more wilderness, would you say?
1: Yeah, a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wild experiences, I should say. Not trail runs. It, it is funny you say that. We um, we have a race here in Tasmania called the, or the Overland. Well, everyone knows, most people know about the Overland track. Um, it runs on the Overland track. So it's 82 kilometres, the Cradle Mountain run. And uh, I drive the bus for that event most of the time. And I, I've run it a couple of times as well. And it's amazing how many visitors to the state cannot believe and they constantly comment about how technical our terrain is. Personally, we think that's one of the easier runs we do. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of boardwalk there. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. It's, it's not a tough run. But, but actually, the one behind me is probably a lot tougher and it's a heck of a lot shorter. It's only 19K.
0: So, what's the, uh, oh, is that um, part of the, the, triple the triple tops? tops. Yeah. That's
1: actually on top of uh, Roland, that picture. Ah, that's the track that. right behind my head.
0: Oh yeah, I can see it actually. Yeah. It's like a goat track. Yeah. <laughs> Having been up there, I do actually know <laughs> that's quite a tricky yeah. run. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so
1: that... that's technical. That's what yeah. I'd call technical. Yeah. yeah. Anyway.
0: <laughs> so when you're running, this is one of the typical questions I ask people: Are you listening to stuff? Are you most? Do you mostly run with people? Do you run by yourself, or do you like mix it up?
1: I do mix it up a fair bit. Um, I don't oh. like running with music. I know a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. Um, I find it drives me internally too much. Um, yeah. And I know some people like, and a lot of people need that metronome or that, that beat to be able to run. Mm-hmm. Um, I have one. I've never had an issue with, with worrying about beat or anything. Um, and and that also lends itself to some of my running techniques that I teach. Um, you know, talking about breathing, I need to be able to listen to my breathing and, and how it sinks with the body. Or you Uh, eventually the idea is to have body separation as in the facets of your body are separated so your breathing's not connected to your running so you're not running balanced and so forth Um, so I like to listen and then yeah you get into nature I want to hear it I want to feel it yeah (laughs) Yeah. and it's a a safety thing in cities too I think
0: (laughs) yeah that having um I know when I run with a headphone, I only run with one. I always only yeah. run with one. It actually feels yeah. weird to put two in. Even now I'm listening to you, I've got two in. And I'm like, that's really weird. Because <laughs> I'm only ever used to having it in one ear. Yeah. Um, and that's for a safety reason. So what about um, with people? Like I do know that you, because you guys train people and you go off and you do um, excursions and, you know, little running trips and stuff. Tools and stuff, yeah. Everybody loves. Um, so that's obviously running with people. So when you're training <laughs> are you often training by yourself and you only really run with people in those environments or something else?
1: At the moment, I'm training with others all the time, Um, only because I'm using the coaching for training. I haven't really trained um, myself properly, Mm -hmm. probably for about six years now. Um, It's just been group sessions and going for a run with friends if they want to go and facing... Mm -hmm which is why my performance is not where I know it should be and it could yeah. be. Uh, and again, another reason why I changed careers. In the hope... <laughs> <But> you <get laughs> that you can have more time? some time, yeah.
0: <laughs> How's that going for
1: you? Yeah, not well. But, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> better start taking on stuff. Anyway. Uh,
0: so, yeah. I guess the next question often I ask is, how do you get out the door when it's, you know, not nice and all that kind of stuff? But if you've got people that you're running with for or whatever... Um, that would be, I guess, a part of it. If you're not having to just drag your own sorry butt out because you're only doing it for yourself, but you're running with yeah, other not, people,
1: not wanting to let others down, it's a yeah. great motivator.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. so you still find yourself, you know, going out if it's pouring with rain or freezing cold, like it was this morning, <laughs> yeah. because someone else is there. Um, in the yeah. past, if you think back, I'm assuming you had training plans that you yourself were working for when you had an event coming up. How did you get out the door then? Did you have any tricks that would make you know when you knew it was not great weather coming up? It seems to be weather in Tassie that's the main thing that stops us or talks um,
1: to us. <laughs> for me personally, it was never a real issue, and that yeah. was simply because of my previous career. So prior to being a mechanic, I was in the hospitality industry for ten years. Wow. Um, and so. Most of my most hospitality work either occurs mid-afternoon right through to early hours of the morning. So I either trained just before that, um, unless I did a breakfast shift, which I couldn't, or I trained wee hours of the morning, which which is funny. You know, it'd be one or two o'clock in the morning, I'd be getting home and I'd be throwing on a head torch and going out for a run because that was when I had to do it. You know, uh, so, I wanted um, to run.
0: You know, to a lot of that, there's a to a lot of people that they would just go, no, hmm. you know, they just go, no, I've worked really hard today and it's three o'clock in the morning or whatever. And uh, no, I'm not getting up early, or I'm not going for a run now. I'm, uh, you know, <laughs> so, so there's obviously a drive that you have, John, I guess that's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Um, a lot of people don't. <laughs> I, I
1: have, I have an internal drive to do most things. As I said, um, I don't even, it's not a conscious thing. I don't even push myself. Yeah. But at the same time, life experiences have taught me that, that I have to go and do it Mm. because otherwise I'll end up I I guess what I'm trying to say is that I know that if I don't stay fit and stay healthy, I'll end up where I was and I don't want to end up there again.
0: I guess that's Um, one of the things I was going to ask. Yeah, like if you thought that, you know, getting unfit would result in your conditions becoming, you know, to the front of your life rather than, than pushed to the back at the moment which is yeah, right. yeah
1: mm-hmm. yeah and, and i definitely know that's the case because if i don't train for a period and i have a down period my immune system drops off i mm-hmm. feel tired i get horribly sick i catch the cold instantly whatever mm-hmm. um and, and i just know that i and that that's my trigger instantly that things are not good in the background right i've got to start picking myself back up mm-hmm. eating properly you know take a couple of supplements if i have to i don't mm-hmm. like taking stuff but yeah
0: you, know, you gotta do it what... yeah sometimes <laughs> yeah. you do so um, if you were to say one thing about running uh, where it has improved your life, what would you say that was?
1: Um, probably my drive. Yeah. What we were just talking about, yeah. Yeah, yeah so, I, so I was it, a t- typical teenager. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but because I'd lost it all and now it's come back, if that makes sense. So, I mean, you know, it's first world problem. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd lost what I knew is a life, and, and I know that it can go in an instant, that's what I learned, you know, from running as well, because running taught me that I can keep fit and I can keep mentally happy mm-hmm. if I keep fit. Um, and, and the connections, the social connections I make. Um, I get in trouble talking all the time. No! Um, but the, so- <laughs> the social connections I make uh, are what drives me. And And I suppose that also lends itself into why I do the background stuff, you know, like mm-hmm. the, the events and, and Test Trail Running Association and stuff like that. I want to not only give back to the community that gave to me, but also um, provide those same opportunities that I had, hopefully for others in the future.
0: They were coming up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Um, where, like which, if you had to say your favourite run, what would it be?
1: oh favorite yeah. uh, i don't know run a race or
0: it doesn't matter you can choose well you can have two if you really had to choose like a race and your training run or something <laughs> you really
1: wanted. yeah well, well my race is the one that's right behind me the triple tops yeah um and sort of my distance too i mean i can do ultras and i've done plenty of them but 21 k's about where i'm probably <laughs> to...
0: what you like
1: <laughs> yeah yeah um but, but actual runs, I mean, you know, overland track's amazing. But I'm going to say something a little odd, actually. Mm-hmm. I'd say the one that you just went did, Stres lucky on Flinders. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. To get there in the 65 is horrible because it's all road. But the actual mountain itself, the, the yeah. 5K up and down, 2.5 up, 2.5 down, that mm-hmm. is beautiful. And, and probably because I've got some of my best ever memories from that. My... Um, third race I think it was uh yeah third race we 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 set our record up and down then we did uh an hour 26 up and down and we descended in 24 minutes but we actually stopped at the top two and a half nearly three minutes that is actually
0: what I was going to ask how do you actually take in all of this beautiful surrounding when you're racing it
1: Uh, no I always do I get in trouble with that too. Take photos, stop. (laughs) got to enjoy it. I don't care if I'm out in front or not. Um, But yeah, we we stopped on the top of Streslake and it was right on daybreak. And (sighs) the beaches were just getting sun hitting them and they were lighting up underneath us, which was amazing. It was like someone was turning lights on on all the beaches. And then off in the distance, looking northwest, I could see the silhouette of the skyline of Melbourne, the the, uh, skyscrapers. And yeah, it was just really surreal. No wind dead calm and just this beautiful moment that Chris and I shared up there. And it's pretty awesome. So we stopped for any minutes and then we took off again.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. So I guess there's moments like that, that can never be uh, taken away. They're those kind of moments that we all look for when, and you never quite know when they're coming, which actually um, brings me to another question. I haven't asked for a while um, in these calls, but um, that runners high we call it I don't know what we call it so you probably had a combination of being on top of a mountain so you were physically high (laughs) yeah (laughs) also getting we're up (laughs) getting that kind of experience but I know that I've had you know plenty of times where you just that feeling like you could run forever and Mm. it's very empowering and doesn't really there's no rhyme or reason about when it comes or I'm often a bit fitter than then say if I'm just you know coming back if I've had a little bit of time um, off sort of longer running or something but yeah how do I'm assuming you guys feel that quite regularly because you do so much mm-hmm. and is it more often in nature you know what's your experience with that run as high as they call it which I think is a bit different for everyone
1: yeah it is different and find is different run as high too um, mm. I, I get a, a Personally, I, I've always gotten a real kick, and that's one of the reasons why I do road running as well. Um, although I am a trial runner, time, is because um, you've been in events for on that one. I'm saying like everyone in the coast class doesn't matter who they are. <laughs>
0: You're a little chatty.
1: <laughs> you yeah, are definitely I
0: mean, a little chatty.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, was it um, you know two two odd thousand, two and a half thousand people at um, at Lonnie? Um, or Lonnie 10, or as it was then, and, and the Lonnie Running Festival now. And I'll go past all of them and say hello to every single person. <laughs> go back the other way. And that empowers me. It makes me feel better. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I get this high out of yeah, people acknowledging me and me and acknowledging them during the run. Because I've had people come back to me afterwards and say, that was so nice that you took the time out in your run. to say hello to me. Um, yeah. So I, I think it works both ways. And I think I get a high out of that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the other side of the coin, yeah, to be completely immersed in, and we're pretty lucky in Tasmania, in amazing natural places that we have, way off the beaten track, yeah. um, where there is absolutely no one. You know there's probably been no one for, if ever, but probably yeah. for a good you know, week or month or a year even. It's just, yeah, amazing to know that you're probably one of the few that have ever stood there or gone there. Mm. And I think that's what makes a few of the places in Tasi special. Mm. Yeah.
0: And they make it, I mean, there's actually no words, I think, often for some of the stuff we feel when mm. we're out there, um, you know, doing our running, moving through the environment. Um, it's quite hard to describe sometimes the things that we're thinking. I, I think
1: the Aboriginal, you know, our traditional owners actually describe it really well in its connection
0: with country. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mm. like that. That is true. I think I that's
1: know. what we're feeling.
0: <laughs> yeah, like a connection yeah. with our yeah. environment. Um, and, it, you know, there's a lot of people who say that, that there is the connection between the environment and us. We're actually just part of it. It's not even it's just that a lot of us don't acknowledge it because for, for different reasons, we're very busy. We're living in concrete jungle, whatever. But yep. we're actually um, we are actually just part of the environment. We're actually just like the trees. We just move a bit faster.
1: That's right. I said that to someone a while ago. We were talking about this, and I said we are living beings. I think we all forget that bit. We, yeah. you know, we live just as much as the plants and animals do
0: exactly. as well. Exactly. Yeah. We all have have uh, energy. Like uh, the scientists come up with that. There's, we're all just mm. energy. Whether it's us, yeah, or, yeah. even rocks have energy. It's Just that it's not moving fast. <laughs>
1: yeah no, the vibration is very small <laughs> absolutely i've always said this for a long time is that you know people talk about plants and rocks and stuff and and they're just static but are they it's just because they can't express yeah. themselves the way that we express ourselves doesn't yeah. mean they don't talk or communicate we know yeah. the plants do <laughs> so, oh
0: yeah yeah totally yeah, yeah. 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 in fact so, you know we can see that um but even things like, you know, the, the rocks, which were, you know, you think of as being quite static compared <clears> to a tree, for example. Um, yeah, the science does show that they have their own, there is energy in there, like the atoms oh, yeah. and stuff at the molecular level. And you think, oh, wow. So they're probably just moving really, really slow. Like we just never, or well, maybe they don't move at all. Who knows? But this, they still have a vibration slash
1: energy. It's still there. I mean, I do this silly thing and I've always done it when I go trail running um, and I run it. Because I feel that I'm disconnected with the shoes. <laughs> we're not part of the nature. Like we're not connected to it like we should be. Um, and I, thought I can't run barefoot. I wasn't brought up enough <laughs> that way. But, but when I go trail running, and I always have done, the first thing I'll do is first big trail I go past is I put my hand on the touch. And I don't know whether it's anything, but I feel like I get something back out of that. You know, whether there's there's a connection or it's immediate or it comes yeah. later. Um, but I do exactly the same thing, like on triple tops behind me um, with the rocks, mm. bare hand on a rock. Yeah. And just a moment to pause, not mm. just touch it and pull away, but pause. And yeah, It's just my little thing I do and I feel better for it.
0: It works for you. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's what counts. It's, it works for you. Now, I know that you guys uh, spend a lot of time helping other people. I don't want to say learn to run because I think we're all kind of born to run, but of course we all have different styles and some could be improved <laughs> in order for longevity of their running <laughs> and things yeah. like that. Um, but just say somebody, when people come to you and if they've never run or they've come back from a long layoff, they haven't run for years. What are some of the things that you suggest that they do to get started?
1: Uh, I mean, obviously and foremost is, is building a base. If you're gonna run, you want to run for a long time, you need to build a base, but not the hardest thing for people who are coming back is not jumping straight back into where they left off. Mm. Um, and we've all got to accept that we're not there, including me.
0: <laughs> I do that uh, all the time. Oh, yeah. you should have seen how fast I was when I was 20 something. <laughs> like...
1: Yeah, and the quickest way to an injury.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I think for for us personally with our group as well is it's about Building a social group, um, not, not necessarily within our group. Um, our group quite small compared to quite a few of the groups that are even in Launceston alone you know, around Australia. Um, you know, you, you talk about Cros- Crosby Crew in Melbourne, and he's got seven, 800 at a training session oh, a week wow, of, um,
0: that's amazing. does.
1: So, you know, they're huge groups. But that, that's what I try to foster with the coaching is that that it is running is very social. Um, we both need it for our own mental sake but everyone else's and that's where that connection's made mm-hmm. and you need to find a group that works well with you mm-hmm. um, ours is quite small and, and we like it that way we don't really want a big group um, mm-hmm. I like racing in big groups but I don't like training in big groups if that makes sense yeah. Um, yeah. and I think personally that comes about for me because as you mentioned at the start there are a lot of people who know me in class, There are. and I just feel Oh, by the time I get to the end of a big group train run, I'm torn. I'm yeah. in bits because yeah. everyone's wanted a piece of talking to, and you know, I'm just like <laughs> yeah. I can't handle this. <laughs> um, I love everyone. I love to talk, yeah. but it just it, it does wear me down. So yeah. and not in a good way for my running. Um, yeah. yeah. So the the small group is a nice thing, but I, I yeah I think getting back to what you were saying is that I definitely. Feel that people should try and find that social connection that works for them and that's what will motivate them to continue running.
0: so often it it's so. the you know the desire or the goal for a race or something that starts them yeah it's the groups yeah. that they get into that keeps them running do you think too for a lot of people it works a bit like that it's the community
1: because it, it's perpetual because then you've got as i said you know you're not aiming for one race you're going to try and aim for mm. them all or mm. not all of them all the ones you want to do or you should be doing mm. um and then and, and that works exactly hand in hand with the social group and the network you've got around you because they feed off you and you feed off them and you find races and then you're like oh we're going to do this one together and we to go to this place together and it snowballs and, and that's that's
0: awesome. Um, Suddenly you know, every weekend is with the same people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they become your family because <laughs> you're do. all traveling off to different things <laughs> together yeah. doing the same kind of events or just exploring kind of yeah. doing exactly. training. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um something you said reminded me of a question I wanted to ask as well and I know you said that you like to chat a lot and I've I've seen that uh, you know why why you're running uh, especially when you're racing as you said you like to acknowledge everyone which is lovely uh, I personally do too but I instead of passing everyone I'm just as they're passing me <laughs> so I can hello Mm -hmm. but i do pass a couple of people thanks to handicap Mm -hmm. racing but um um, the question really i we talk a little bit about the kind of conversations that happen when you're on a training run so i'm not not talking about racing chatting now but more those training runs so in that small groups this is kind of connected to what we're just talking about those conversations are not the same often as the ones you might have if you talk you know run into a friend at a supermarket or you're a even just at a coffee shop having a chat with someone, I've often found that the quality of the conversations is just different. Have you found that too? So when you're training regularly with a group of people, especially if it's a smaller one, those conversations are a little more.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and I, I think that alleviates what I was talking about before as well, is the fact that, as you said, they become family. So you're not reiterating that conversation over and over and over again. And, and, and yeah, we talk about other things, I mean, Obviously, we talk about all the stuff that's coming up and what we're involved in. A lot of people in my group are involved in similar uh, associations or groups with me, so we we talk about that stuff. Uh, But we also then talk about, you know, the future and what events we want to do and where we want to go. And, yeah, and there's always life stuff. uh,
0: Yeah, Yeah, and that's really what I'm getting at, the life stuff. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: I'm a bloke and very practical. So I'm constantly talking about cars, and fixing stuff, (laughs) making stuff and helping people do stuff. Um, But, you know, we we talk about a lot of mental issues and stuff as well, you know. And I I like to share my little story because I think it helps others bring theirs out and realise they're not alone. Mm -hmm. Because too many people do think they're going through what they're going through and no one else has ever done it or something Mm. similar yeah uh, yeah, i find those groups
0: for that. Yeah, that being able to find um find yourself in someone else like find that connection uh, yeah common ground that studies um that they've done about especially blokes because you did mention that but especially blokes talking about their emotions and things like that uh, it's not something they'll even do over a beer necessarily you're more likely to talk about repairing the bus <laughs> but when you're running, it's less because um, you're running with your eyes away. It's a, actually a physical thing. Um, it's much less confronting, and so you mm. can share those things. So that when if you are feeling a bit low or or whatever, something you wouldn't necessarily even bother saying to anybody. Um, in those circumstances, like women and men, actually are more likely to open up to you know a regular training partner um, than they are you know just to sit sitting over a coffee with you know a friend. So I find that quite interesting. Mm. Yeah, and
1: I find running has that really good icebreaker filled in with it. You know, you've got the fact that you're, you're running and, you know, you're puffing or you're going through town and the lights change and or you're going through the bush and you're separated for a moment or whatever, and it gives those little breaks conversations that you wouldn't yeah. necessarily have sitting face to face. It's true too. Mm. Yeah, which means you get that that little time to think in between, you know, you're not just trying to blurt something out or you're not, that person's not feeling under pressure to just say what they have to say right there and then to either get rid of you or, yeah. or continue the conversation. Yeah.
0: So oh, that, I like that, that. I hadn't thought yeah. about that part of it, but that's so true. I'm very good yeah. at coming up with questions if I'm puffed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <I
0: just listen. laughs> I'm like, oh no this is too hard oh, tell me about that <laughs> you know, yeah that's a, always a really good question yeah, <laughs> yeah no not a yes no it has to be open-ended yeah anyway that's yeah. how I deal with the puffness but um okay so I guess from you a tip for the beginner is to um go and find a group is that was uh yeah. the one the main one that i picked up um and what it was there was something else you said at the, at the start of that what was that oh i hate that it just escaped me just oh yeah. well, that was the main one because that's sort of what we carried off onto was um you know the running in a group and yeah, and definitely. connecting with people that way which i think is really important um,
1: i i think it's super important because it it, you may not find someone who's exactly the same or, or, or has experienced the same, but you will get those connections. And it makes you finding what's going to make your running you know, journey uh, and drives you to make your running journey uh, within what someone else has already done or shared. Or, yeah, and it's motivating because they're already doing it. They're going to keep doing it.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they'd like you to stay along and keep doing it with them. Yeah. The more the better. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right, so, Jono, is there anything that you would like to share about running in general and about why people should start running um, that we haven't covered?
1: I haven't covered. I don't know. I just, yeah. It's, hard. it's always hard for me to express why I think people should do it. I just know it. It's yeah. really hard to say this is why. It's I, I think it's just, Yeah. But, but it also become, it's because of experiences and it's always hard to pass on your own experiences and until you realize that, that running as a form of movement because that's all it really is it's just a faster form of walking or, or you know any basic form of movement it is a whole body experience. It's not just physical, it's mental it's, it's underlying you know our, our biorhythms love it we need to move faster and slower and speed mm-hmm. up and slow down. And, and that doesn't matter whether we're, you know, walking, running, jogging. If you can only walk, walk until you can run or jog. <laughs> you don't need to have to run at the pace that, you know, Usain Bolt does. It's not,
0: it's not needed. <laughs> <laughs> like that was one of Amy's takeaways was um, um, just because you're out for a run doesn't mean you can't walk. <laughs>
1: That's right. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's interesting. We've had a few people talking about races lately Um in the coaching sessions and they're talking about some of the shorter ones thinking that, you know, the elites are always running. And I'm like, uh, no. like the 29K, I mean, I say shorter, but 29K <laughs> um, down at Fraschina. You know, I won that a couple of years ago and I hiked for was it 6K wow. up Mount Graham. I was back in fourth place, <laughs> but was first by the time I got 5K out. Oh. And that's because I'd done that, not because... He- yeah, get,
0: yeah. The, you conserve that energy that you, you would have had to, con- mm. you know, use if you had run that part instead of um, hike slash walking it for people who don't know what that would have yeah. been. And, and <laughs> yeah. And I
1: think that's about, we call it running, but it's moving. It's, it's, I should say, don't move like a boy, <laughs> <laughs> move smart. We, we <laughs> use that, that term all the time, don't run like a boy. And it's because, you know, you tell it's a boy disgusting. to start running and gone <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. then dies. yep yep yeah it's it's the same thing you know yeah and that that you can't put you know an old head on young shoulders Mm. um yeah back when I first started I didn't know that one (laughs) I would have run it flat out for the first 15k and then died
0: (laughs) (laughs) trial and error that's what life is all about trial and error absolutely Uh, which last question how long do you think you'll run for talking about trial and error and old shoulders and
1: the aim is to run until i can't which will probably be when i fall in a hole and get buried Excellent.
0: Um, that's the right so, answer <laughs> yeah, there's, that's there's what no i'd like
1: to do mm-hmm. um and if i can't for some reason physically because yeah. you know that's got to be in the head too yeah um, i've experienced that
0: yeah
1: um i'll still be part of it i still yeah. want to be part of it just um, stay connected yeah, definitely. I still yeah. want to pass on knowledge and help others to have that same experience or yeah. similar experiences.
0: Yeah. yeah. I, I find it amazing. Like we're all so fascinated yeah. and, and in love with this thing that is just a natural thing that we should all be doing. Mm. Like, you know, yeah. it's like walking. If yeah. you can walk, you should be running. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's as simple as that. Some people say I'm black and white.
1: <laughs> no, it's <that's> true. <laughs> <laughs> it, is. it is it's it's just the next step it's just moving walking faster that's all it is exactly yeah. and for longevity and
0: good health and and all of that and to yeah. enjoy our lives and you know who doesn't want to be able to walk up the stairs without puffing for yeah for example with the groceries like it's just simple things it just makes even i think i came up with something the other day that when we run we give our life more capacity that we're able to we just can do so much more mm. Mm. and then it's
1: it's no different to the vices in life you know like smoking drinking and so forth yes they diminish our lives but running adds to our lives mm. as well mm. so it's physically and mentally and it works both ways um i think yeah there's a few things that we do as vices and we many of us will probably never get rid of them um <laughs> but there there are things in your life you should should do i think you should um that, that add value add to it mm. not not detract yeah. yeah. We're not here for long
0: enough. No, that's right. You realise that, at least I'm quite a bit older than you. So I realise that for sure. <laughs> oh, I
1: know that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, Jono, it yeah. has been an absolute delight to chat with you and I've learnt more about you, which has been wonderful. I really enjoyed it. So I do thank, thank you. you for sharing yourself on the podcast today. Appreciate it. And I know it all inspire heaps of people, especially our little rants about how wish everybody should be running um, <laughs> <laughs> definitely so um stay on but um i just want to say thanks uh again and i, I yeah truly appreciate your time
1: my, my pleasure and thank you for asking
0: and of course if anybody wants to get hold of Jonna and amy who run old train uh, and also look after the find your feet store in launceston um i'll put the links on the the show notes too so that they can awesome. connect with you guys as well all right stay there but i'll um I'll say goodbye for the podcast. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Fit Mind Fit Body podcast. For a bunch of resources to help you get and stay fit, head over to the website, fitmindfitbody.co, and I'll see you there. I'll also be back here once a week. Bye.